What have we been talking about? Growing up. That's right. Why don't you just grow up, right? Anybody ever hear that when they were little? Anybody hear that when you were an adult? Yeah, probably that then too. But we've been talking about growing up spiritually. And, uh, you know, growing up spiritually is actually a topic that's repeated throughout the New Testament. And so, if you will, open up your Bible to 1 John way back in the back, right before the book of Revelation. Not Revelations, Revelation. It was one Revelation. 1 John 3, way, way back there, third chapter, we're going to begin reading right here. God's going to deal with us. Those of you who have given your life to the Lord and those who haven't, this will be life-changing. 1 John 3, verse 14 says this, we know, that's a pretty good way to start off, we know, you looking for directions? We don't know where we're going. Here, he said, we know. What is it that we know? He said, we know that we have passed from death to life. What kind of life is he talking about? He's talking about here about spiritual life. If you go back to the book of Genesis, which is the book of beginnings, you'll see the phrase that God told Adam and Eve, don't eat of this tree, don't eat of this fruit, because the day you do, it could be bad. No, he said, you will surely die. And they ate, but they both didn't just fall down on the ground. But they did die. What it was, was spiritually they lost the life of God. They lost inward, eternal life. It affected their relationship with God. It affected all kinds of different things. And so right here in 1 John 3.14, he said, in the day that we get saved, we pass from death to life. We know that we have passed from death unto life, and he's going to describe how we know we have eternal life. Anybody want to know how you have, know that you have eternal life? Nobody? One person? Oh, some other, some other people? But that's important to know how you have eternal life. And there are only a couple of ways. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord, people would say, well, how do you know? How do you know the Lord's real? That's a good question. Just because. That's not a good answer. You know, how do you know that pizza place has good pizza? Because somebody else told me? Well, I mean, I may trust them and I may not. Pizza's a big thing in life. You can't always trust everybody's opinion about pizza. Anybody ever gotten an opinion about some food and you went there and said, they can't be a liar on purpose. This is not good, right? So what did the Lord say? Taste and see. You know, we can see in the Bible, we're allowed to taste, we're allowed to know. So salvation or knowing the Lord is something very real and very personal. And I remember when people would ask me, do you, how do you know the Lord's real? How do you know you have this eternal life? 
Well, there are a couple of ways. One is the Bible said everybody born of the Spirit or born of God has the witness of the Spirit within them. Something in them causes them to know. And I remember trying to explain to people. But when I gave my life to the Lord, I knew that I knew inside God. I knew Him. I had an encounter with Him. He would start dealing with me, not in voices in my head. A lot of people have voices in their head. We're not talking about that. That's a different discussion. Are you with me? But I knew something way down inside. I didn't know after I gave my life to the Lord all the verses I know today. I didn't know that His Spirit would bear witness with my spirit way down here. And uh, I would be talking to people. I would be doing different things. And inside, I would know things. I'd go to pray. I'd start knowing. I'd read my Bible and something way down inside started teaching me. And it was reality. And I remember people would argue with me and I would think, you just don't know. But I know. I would have to lie to say, oh, I don't know. I haven't had an experience. He doesn't witness to me. I knew it. And the Bible said everybody born of God has that same witness. How many of you, after you gave your life to the Lord, you knew something inside? Do this or don't. You read the Bible and it became alive. And you knew it inside. But we haven't been taught to follow that inside part. Are you with me? We need to follow Him who's in us. When people get in trouble, it's because they follow wrong things in their head. I'm talking believers. And so he said here, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Love, besides the witness, is a sign or a knowing that you're saved. If you want to get frustrated as a Christian, anybody ever been frustrated? Don't raise your hands. Start walking out of love as a Christian. Start being self-absorbed. Start doing things your own way. Don't consider others. Start being bitter. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord, this is what happened to me. I gave my life to the Lord. I was like, woo! Ugh, eternal life. I, I mean, it was so profound. It was like a weight lifted off of me. And I remember I can't tell anybody about this because it will wear off. It'll go away. But one of the first things that started happening to me was love tried to take control. A love I never knew about before. I've told different stories about how after I gave my life to the Lord, I would go to do something that I would have done before and something inside me constrained me. And you know, there's a scripture that says the love of Christ compels or constrains us. There is something beyond our minds as Christian, as a believer in Jesus, that will compel you. Are you with me? Christians know this. They'll go to do something and down inside they'll know, I shouldn't do that or I need to do this. Because it's not always about don't do it. 
there's a lot of times about just doing it. Are you with me? And, and I knew inside, just do this. And you know, I found out that God will lead me in ways He cares about my whole life. Like He's dealt with me not to invest in things. He's dealt with me to invest in things. He's given me direction in areas that would just, you'd go, whoa. I mean, profound things. I mean, and simple things. I remember one time I caught a fish one time when I was in Montana and uh, I got this fish and it, I'd never seen one like it before and two doors down from our place, uh, the guy is a re retired biologist and he taught at either Colorado or Colorado State. He was a professor and I showed him the fish. He said, I've never seen one. He said, like that, you should take it to the marine biologist in town and show him this fish. So I literally got in the car with pictures on my phone, started driving. I got barely past his house on this dirt road, and the Holy Spirit in me said, it's just a discolored certain type of fish that doesn't have certain things in it. I thought, that's, I don't, I'm, and so I literally went to where I could turn around and went back. Later on, he saw me, he said, what was it? I said, it was this. And he went, oh, okay, and he took it at face value. He thought the guy there told me. Well, one day I was here at, a, in, in a, at Walmart, because um, we all go to Walmart, if not for anything else, just to observe everything going on, just to get a flavor of the world. And um, I remember there was a taxidermist or a truck that had an advertisement for a taxidermist on it. And I said, hey, I've got a question for you. I caught this fish, and I showed him a picture of it. I said, do you know what this is? He said, oh, yeah, that's this kind of lake trout that doesn't have certain pigment, and it's just discolored. Those are very rare. I said, thank you very much. He said, could I get those pictures? It's rare, but people that catch them usually will throw them back. Well, I didn't want to tell him what I did with mine. And um, so... But I'm just saying this, the Lord knows a lot. Let me try that again. He knows everything. And we can fellowship with Him, and one thing that He'll do is try to influence, influence us from the inside out. When we get to heaven, God's not going to go, you know, well, the reason why you prospered or didn't prosper or you didn't have a fruitful life was because I didn't intend this for you. No, he's leading everybody into green pastures that belongs to him. Anybody ever been led by him? Anybody ever ignored him? All the hands went down, but the yeses still came. Uh, uh, yes. That way it just blends. You know what I mean? It's like a bunch of barking dogs. And, which one's barking? You know what I mean? There's no hand up. But he's endeavoring. And one area he's going to lead us in is love. Are you with me? For many reasons. Notice he said, we know we pass from death unto life because we love the brethren. I remember after I gave my life to the Lord, I didn't want to be bitter. I didn't want to hold things against people. But do you know in this world, they'll tell you, you should not let them get away with that. Well, they're not born of the kingdom of God. 
just like they don't know God, how can I take advice from the world that would tell me hold a grudge when they'll ask me, how do you know God? And I say, I just know Him in reality. I, I have a witness of the Spirit in me. You know, Romans 8.14 and 8.16 tells us, everyone born of God has the witness of the Spirit, and His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. In other words, I had this inward witness. I had an inward knowing. I knew. I knew. I knew Him. Do you know Him? Oh, you do. Anybody saved can go, I know Him. And people can argue with you and say, well, God doesn't exist. Right, and I don't have a heart, and I can't tell after I've run, it's going dunk, 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 dunk. You with me? Some of you just in good shape, and so it doesn't happen to you. But you know what I mean. We know natural things and spiritual things we know too. But one thing that tried to dominate me after I gave my life to the Lord was this love. Why? Because it's His nature. Remember this, 1 John 4, 8. God is love. It's interesting. We talk about scriptures that say the peace of God, the comfort of God. We talk about all these things that are of God, but this doesn't say love is of God, though there are verses that say love is from God, but it says love, God is love. God is love. Now think about it. Everyone born of God loves. Why? Because you're born of love. When you've received the Lord, you're born of love. That doesn't turn you into a sissy if you're a guy. Oh, I don't like this subject. No, God is love. He's powerful. Amen. So if we're born of love, we're born of God. And if we're born of God, we're born of love. Our nature is this, that if we will learn to walk in this love, we will start growing spiritually. And this love is not just knowledge, it is action. Turn to John 13. We've read this verse a couple of times, but if we are going to grow spiritually, we're going to need to feed this love that we already possess as believers. The minute you get saved, you have this love in you, and it wants to control you. When we get away from walking in this love and putting God first and walking out this love, we become frustrated in our lives. Why? Because we're frustrating the nature we have. Say amen for your neighbor. Yeah, amen. You need to hear this. Right? But there's a truth. This is a fundamental truth. If we want to grow with God, uh, you know, to grow strong as a person, you can't just grow your muscles. You got to grow your bones too. Your whole being has to grow. And one of the fundamental things as a Christian is this love. One thing that heaven is going to have is this kind of love. 
One thing the body of Christ should have in motion and homes should have, if they're believers, is this kind of love. John 13, we re- we've read this a couple of times, verse 33. Well, yeah, little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I have said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come, so now I say to you. Now, he did tell them, later you will go there, but right now you're going to be here without me. I've told the Jews I'm leaving, and so he said, I'm going to tell you something now that I'm leaving that you and all believers need to know when those who live on the earth. He said, a new commandment I give you. Now, we went into detail about this last week in a different way. But he said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Well, what does love look like? Why would he say this? There's a lot of opinions in the world. I mean, you can go to the movies and a guy meets a girl for the first time and they go do a sex scene. You know, they they don't have time because that's just how it is. In other words, that was sarcasm. And, And the first thing they do is they're like, I love you. We should just be honest and say, I lust you. I'm perverted. But that just wouldn't go over in the movie real well. I'm perverted. And then she answers back and said, me too. Because what does pervert mean? It means to twist and to change something. Love doesn't seek its own right. Love is not self-seeking. This is going over good. But when somebody says that, you should, I mean, red flags. Oh, but they loved me, but they left me right after. No, they lusted you. You just didn't hear it right. Am I trying to be accusatory? No, the world doesn't know this love because they don't know God. Amen. Let's just keep reading. (laughs) A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Notice, now he's going to show you a picture of what this love looks like. As I have loved you. This means we don't look to the world to find out what this love looks like. We look to Jesus to find out what this love looks like. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus lived a life expressing God and God is love. So when he healed, he was expressing love. When he delivered people, he was expressing love. When he confronted lies, he was expressing love. When he, exp- when he died, he was expressing love. Everything he did, even when he corrected people about their faith, 
He said, why are you focusing on all these other things? He was expressing love. Why? Because love looks out for the best for the other when it comes to God. So he would tell people these things. What for? Love. Love. And we live in a society where people say, don't ever tell me anything that might hurt my feelings. Well, that's not love. That's not love. There is no resistance, nothing for people to get strong in when there's no resistance. You ever go to a gym before? You know, there's a new gym down the street, and they did it, and they put the bench presses in there, and they got rid of all the weights. Because they just don't want anybody to have any resistance. They just figure everybody will get strong because they go to the gym. You just lay that card on your arm, and your biceps just grow. Uh, no, that doesn't happen. And no, they're not going to re remove all the weights because they know if they remove the weights, you're not going to get strong because you're not going to be resisting anything. So to walk in love, you're going to have to resist some things that are in the world that would tell you, don't go this way, but you're born this way. If you're born of God. And so when he said here, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Notice this, he said, if you walk or I walk in this love, others will know you are my disciples. Notice what he didn't say. If you preach to everybody, they'll know you're his disciple. But weren't they commanded to share the gospel and share with other people the good news of what Jesus paid for? Yes. All they'll know is how to get eternal life. They won't know you're his though. So we don't want to throw one out and th or, or just keep one. We want to share, but we need to walk in love. We probably have all run into this. I know when I worked in construction, when I lived in California, I had people who would say, uh, you know, that guy's a Christian, but I won't even listen to him. Why? They're not even saved. They're like, well, because they, they don't live it. They don't have whatever. Anybody ever been there? I remember witnessing after I got saved. This love compelled me. I mean, if you just stopped long enough, I was going to witness to you. I'm not saying that's the best way to do it. But if you had ever seen me, you probably ran. Oh, that Jesus guy. And I remember uh, witnessing to some people, and they were all partying, and I told them, I'm a Christian. You know, Jesus died, and he rose again. And one of the guys that was partying with them, he's like, I'm a Christian. Both the other guys said, you're a liar. You're a liar. I didn't have to say anything. They did. Jesus said, if you want people to know you belong to me, then you're going to need to start expressing this love as a believer. I found before I was walking with God, this love was not ruling me. 
I'm not saying I'm perfect in love. I'm growing, feeding myself so I can grow. That's where we all need to be as believers. Growing in this love. One of the great attributes of love is this, and you can write this down. It's a four-letter word. We're going to talk about a four-letter word right now. I'm just going to bust out a four-letter word in front of everybody. Some are going to go, oh, that's a tough one to hear in church. It's the word kind. Throw that out there. Love is patient. Love is kind. So if I'm going to walk in love, I'm going to need to be kind. On God's terms, kind. Well, what is kind? You know, one of the old definitions, it's an archaic term, meaning it's a term that we don't use. It literally, kind means to be considerate. It means to show careful thought. That's what it is to be considerate. Because don't we say, wow, they're real considerate, we would say they're kind. And if we say they're inconsiderate, we'd say they're not kind. So you could say it like this, when somebody's not kind, they're not considering the other person. They're not considering the Lord in this. They're not considering deeply how this will affect somebody. I'll tell you what, this is what the world needs. I mean, you, you can go watch videos of people shoplifting, stealing. They're not considering other people. They're not being considerate. People say things, and we can all grow in this. And, but I do know this, as a believer, God's wanting to get our attention in this area. Are you considering the people around you? Are you considering... I'll tell you what, they just make me so mad. I'm not having it. Love considers the other and it forgives. Love is kindness. You know, in the book of Proverbs, you know, so when we think of kind, we should think, slow down and consider. Consider the Lord. Consider how He wants this done. Consider what this will do to other people. Whether I do it or don't do it. Because sometimes it will drive me to do it when I don't want to do it. Or sometimes when I want to do it, it may drive me not to do it. Amen? Consider. I remember one time I was going to witness to this guy. I was visiting my great-grandmother who was over a hundred and something years old. And they said, you know, she doesn't have a lot, lot longer to live. Well, obviously, when you're over 100 and something, pushing 110, you don't have a lot longer. You don't have 50 years is what I'm saying. But they knew she was getting close. So I went to where she was living, and uh, it was like in a convalescent home, and they had kind of moved her, and so she was living, needing a little more care. She was strong so to speak but she was now getting weak I mean she's coming to the end so I go in there to visit her you know say hello and you know we know she's going to head on to heaven and I remember walking out of there and one of the family members some other family members were coming and they said hey this guy 
is down in this room. And he's probably in his 40s at that time, maybe 50s. And um, he had uh, an infection somewhere in, in his leg. And uh, he uh, had gotten gangrene. So they said, well, he'll be in here and he'll be out in just a few, you know, short time. So I was walking by and I remember I was this guy's ring bearer in his wedding, he and his wife. I mean, so, you know, I got a big place in this guy's life. And I carried the pillow. And, um, you know, and so I remember going there and I remember looking in the door and seeing him and he was vibrant and everything. And they just said, yeah, they'll deal with this infection. It'll be gone. And I remember looking at him and the Lord dealing with me way down inside witness to him. And I said, oh, Lord, there's nurses in there and everything. And I said, I'll come back in a couple of days. And the Lord started pressing me. And I just said, no, that was love compelling me. I said, I'll come back in a couple of days. I went home, get a call. He's dead. He looked fine. That love, see, here was the thing. I didn't do what maybe would have been uncomfortable. Because I'm like, what's the nurse going to think? Today, I don't care. But we, we have to pass that. Are you with me? I didn't consider that if it was so pressing with the Lord, He knew the end from the beginning. And so, we need to know this. Love will not seek its own. It will always be considering the greater picture. Because love is kind. You know, the Bible said this in Proverbs 31. You know, who can find a virtuous woman? Literally means noble or worthy in the 10th verse of the 31st chapter. But then it says this. In the 31st chapter, further on, he gives an attribute of this virtuous woman. Now, I don't believe every attribute that's in there is only for a woman. Amen? Are you right? You're like, wow, I'm glad the Lord wants her to be kind and not me. <laughs> Are you with me? Like the scripture in Ephesians where it said, wives, submit to your husbands. People are like, yes. Well, read three verses earlier. It says, all of you submit one to another. No. No, I like it when the woman does that. Then people say stupid stuff like, Paul hated women. No. Read the whole thing in its context. And when it says here, who can find a worthy or a noble woman? And then he explains what one looks like. Verse 26 says this, The law of kindness is in her mouth. So, we know in the New Testament, the Bible calls love a law. And here he said, the law of kindness is in her mouth. Do you think it should only be in her mouth? I mean, I'm liking this. No, we know this, that 
kindness, turn to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, is for all believers. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Kindness, or being considerate, and so sometimes in this busy world, we're going to have to slow down, but not always in our actions. Maybe we should. Maybe there are some things we do need to slow down. But one thing we may want to do is to start being considerate or slowing down and considering what is about to flow out. And, and this is a growth thing. And we're talking about growing in God. And you are a child of God. If you're a child of God, you're a child of love. This will be an area you'll need to grow in. Me too. Amen? That means so be it. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Actually, let's go to Colossians, a book, book later, just for time's sake. And, and we'll begin reading in the 12th verse, 3.12. Notice this. Therefore, as the elect of God... This means people who are saved, people who have given their lives to the Lord. If you read the Bible when he talks about elect, he chose all of us. He chose the whole world. But when he talks about elect here, he's talking about the people who have responded to what he has elected. In other words, Jesus died for all so he's talking to these people who have received Jesus. Notice this. Therefore, as the elect of God, notice these terms how he talks about believers. Holy. You know, God looks at you as holy. Why? Because he washed you with his blood. He recreated you inwardly different. Now, your mind is not maybe renewed, but that's what we're talking about growing. Notice, holy and beloved. Notice, before he tells you to put this on and to do this, he said, you already are this before you do this. See, some people think I'm holy because I live a certain way. Some people think I'm beloved Because I'm living perfect before God. Notice before there was any action, they were called holy and they were called beloved. Before, once you give your life to the Lord, He looks at you and calls you, and not just like calls you that, He calls you that because that's how you are holy and beloved. But see, some people think, well, I haven't done enough yet to be holy, and I haven't done enough to be beloved. That's a dangerous way to drive your Christian life. Because what it'll do is, when you feel like you're worthy enough by your actions, then you'll go, he loves me. And I'm holy. Keep your finger there. Turn back to Ephesians 4. Maybe we should have just stayed there. This is a total different verse, but the same same thought. Verse 24. 
4.24, and then we'll go right back to Colossians. And that you put on, now he's talking to Christians, that you put on the new man. So there's a new man. There's an inward man or person and an outward person. When you get saved, the inward person way in you becomes new. Not in your mind, beyond your mind. Notice this, and that you put on the new man which was, not going to be, was created according to God. You were created according to God, or the way God wanted to create you. The way God wanted to do something in you, in your spiritual nature. What does that look like? Notice what he said. In true righteousness or true good standing. And notice the next phrase. True holiness. You are already created holy. Before, once you give your life to the Lord, before you did a holy act, before you did anything, you were created holy. So somebody could say, I'm holy, but not acting holy. Or I'm holy and acting holy. But notice back there in Colossians, he said, therefore as the elect or chosen of God, holy and beloved. He calls you holy and loved before you do what he tells you to do next. Are you with me? This is huge. Because if we don't think this way, you ask somebody, are you righteous? And they'll say, if they're a Christian, they'll say, I'm trying to be. But the Bible said you were created in right standing. You can't be in right standing by your own effort. If you know the Bible, you know that your works of righteousness in the sight of God are filthy rags. Now that doesn't mean we shouldn't do things that are right. We need to realize what he said here. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. You are holy and you are beloved the minute you give your life to the Lord before you do anything else. But remember what I said. You'll get frustrated if you don't live this life. Put on tender mercies. Notice the very next thing. Kindness. Put on kindness. That means there is kindness in you as a believer. Not in your mind. But in your new nature, you have kindness. I do. You do. Whether I walk in it or not. That's why I said people get frustrated when they're not forgiving and kind. Because they're actually locking away as a believer who they are. That's why you can't look at the world and go, well, how come they're able to be bitter? Because they're not made new yet. How come they don't have to be kind? They're not made new yet. They're not going to heaven. They're not born of love. They're not born of God. I'm going to read Galatians 5, 6, and we're going to close. Kindness considers, slows down and considers. I would venture to say this. If we slowed down enough, we would recognize as a believer there's something trying to take control of us. 
or dominate us. You ever talked yourself out of it? Yeah, but they've done it to me five times already. No, that's why the Bible said, cast down vain imaginations. God wants to rule and wants this love to dominate us. And one thing love is, is it's kind. And kindness slows down and considers. Galatians 5 verse 6. I'm going to read this in the New King James. And then I'm going to read it in other translations. Or at least one other. It says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. What does that mean? It just means whether you keep the law or you don't keep the law. One of the, if you read the whole context, he's talking about uh, people who are trying to be in good standing with God by keeping the law. He said, if you do that, you've fallen from grace. Now, he wasn't teaching live any way you want to. But notice this. He said, for in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything or gives progress. But notice the next part. But faith working through love. Now I had heard that for years and thought, you mean my faith does not work unless I walk in this love? And then I looked at a bunch of other translations and I went, oh... That's not what I thought. Remember Jesus said, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you consider, if you're kind, not self-seeking. Notice this in Galatians 5, 6 in the Amplified Bible. Now other translations say this very same thing. It says this, for if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, only faith activated, notice this phrase, and expressed and working through love. Many other translations say this, the way that love is expressed, or the way faith is expressed, our faith is through love. How is our love expressed? Jesus said, all men will know you're my disciples. If you have love the way I love, or I'm kind, or I'm considerate. So if I want to grow and express love and get that out of me, I'm going to have to be considering being kind. What would this do to a home? What would this do to other people What would this do to us? It would release us from frustration. But then it says, faith is expressed, our faith in Christ is expressed through love. Wow. Now, you may not be jumping and shouting right now, totally thrilled. People are like, great, I just got beat up. What happened to you Sunday? Did you go out to the river? No, I went to church, I got beat up. Because some people might think this is like getting a beating. Are we going to the principles? But this actually will unlock and release life that comes from God. Amen? And this will cure relationships or help relationships. This is wonderful.
and it'll help us to grow spiritually. Amen? Everybody's alive. Still going to have a good weekend. We're going to be kind. We're going to let the love of God rule us, and it's going to be a good thing. Amen?